Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Anthony back with another edition of the fourth man appreciate everyone who is tuning in as always and welcome to all the new listeners if you're new to the big three if you're new to the podcast we appreciate you guys as always got a great episode coming up for you guys there's a lot to catch up on I haven't had a po- uh, episode come out in maybe 10 days maybe maybe not even that long and a ton of news has come out in terms of the draft lottery which happened last night recording the day of the draft combine. So more news to come, obviously. We got team acquisitions. We got roster changes. So a lot to unpack within this episode. And on top of all that, have a dope-ass interview on the back end of this. So appreciate everyone who's tuning in, and we're going to get into it. Before we get into the show, as always, if you want to find the show on social media, it's at Fourth Man Pod. Guys, I'm posting a ton, more than I probably ever have in the three or four years that I've been doing the pod that I've had this page on Instagram and on Twitter. So if you want to be caught up with everything, if you need to get updated on on new things, make sure you're following, especially on the Instagram side right now during the season. Twitter will be more important than ever as I'm going to be live updating during the game. But right now, in terms of news, changes, uh, anything to do with the players or anything to do with the league, I'm posting everything I possibly can on Instagram and trying to be as up-to-date and accurate as I possibly can as well. Also, if I hear any intel, trying to post that on there um, within every post I do. So make sure you're following there. If you want to watch the show and like a more visual aspect of the show, you can find the show on YouTube at youtube.com slash fourthmanpod. We're doing the interviews. Got some live streams coming up again. Going to do a mock draft and do live reactions to the draft and have a even bigger crew this time around. Last year, we had about five people. This year, we're expecting maybe eight, maybe nine people, more players on. So a lot of good stuff going over there. And yes, I'm still going to be dropping a video. I've been trying to create it. I'm horrible at this. So sorry, guys. Hopefully one day I will get better at this, but I want to at least keep to my word. I have a video that's up and ready to go. Just need to edit a little bit more and add a little music on the background. And last but not least, want to Say a big thank you to Dash Radio and the guys over there at the Nothing But Net channel for providing us with a platform for listeners on, on that end to hear big three news and updates on uh, on Saturdays as well as Mondays. We appreciate you guys as always. And if you're a listener over there that tunes in every week or every other week, whatever the case may be on Mondays or Saturdays, we appreciate you guys as always. Now, let's get into all the news and try to, man, I don't even know where to start. There has been so much that has happened in the past 10 days. I think I'm going to start with what has excited me the most that I think is the most the most important news to discuss. I think that's going to be a high priority on everyone's and it's most exciting to everybody else. So let's start with all the roster changes uh, from guys getting promoted to co-captains to guys who are joining the league, guys who are at the combine today, 
there has been a lot going on. A lot of teams will look different this year, and not all the teams have even been confirmed yet in terms of their captains and their co-captains as well. So a lot still to come. But let's start with probably the, the biggest team change and the team that will probably look the most different, at least up to this point, and that's Three's company. A lot has changed. Mario Chalmers has gone from co-captain and been promoted to captain. Dermar Johnson will not be with the team next year, and I don't think he'll be playing in the league. I guess it's still possible, but as of right now, it doesn't look like he's going to be playing. Michael Beasley will be a co-captain for Three's company and will be making his big three debut this summer. A guy that I'm super excited about. I'm sure the league is super excited about. It seems like he's been on, on their radar and someone they've been targeting for a long time. And I think everyone's talked time and time again about the addition he'd make and just what kind of impact and results he'll put up. Like I'm, We're talking like instant MVP candidate right now. Alongside Michael Beasley, a co-captain will be Brandon Rush, who's going to come over from Aliens. Mario Chalmers and Rush were obviously teammates at Kansas, so they are now reunited at Three's Company. Drew Gooden, I'm not sure if he's going to be at the Combine, if he's going to be a captain somewhere else. I guess that's definitely plausible, but he won't be back with Three's Company. So Three's Company looking a lot different. They have loaded up, and it's going to be interesting to see who they add within the draft pool. Another team looking a little bit different and still unsure of who they their what their final product will be, and that's, that's Trilogy. Now, they don't look extremely different. They did move on, or I guess Jerry Jack moved on from the league. He's obviously been a, an assistant coach within Phoenix. So one and done, won a championship, nabbed co-rookie of the year. So excellent one and done season for Jerry Jack. And just want to say a big thank you for, you know, for, uh, bracing us, you know, with this presence within the league during the one year. It was a, a really fun season to watch and to see what Trilogy did, you know, from start to finish was truly amazing and a big impact he had on the league. We'll forever remember season four being, you know, he'll be, you know, thinking of season four and thinking of Jerry Jack as one of the key players within that league. So finally, it seems like what's we thought would be a move for forever ago, but James White has been promoted from co-captain to captain, a guy who's been with Trilogy since the inception of the league, only guy within the big three to win two championships and finally gets his shot to lead this team at, from the top and, James White gets a much well-deserved promotion into captain. Amir Johnson is still going to be the co-captain, but the other co-captain now is going to be Earl Clark, who they decided, hey, we don't want to take the chance of him being in the draft pool and not knowing where our spot's going to be within the draft lottery. You know, they only have a second-round pick. There's no, there's no way we're going to be able to get him unless we make him a co-captain. So kind of a strategical move there. Earl Clark moves from Tri-State over to Trilogy, and now is a co-captain. They're also bringing back Isaiah Briscoe. It looks like they did uh, return Devin Sweetney back to the draft pool, so he'll be competing at the combine today and could be back with Trilogy, I guess, but it looks like they are moving along the, the, this team, making it just a little bit different with Stack being at the helm once again. But I think the big thing here to recognize is that James White, who's – been with this team for so long. There's been a couple of different instances where I thought he was going to be a captain and didn't get that opportunity. So just a big kudos to James White, much well-deserved and excited to see what you do with Trilogy. Try to take him on a two-peat, make them a team to win the championship for three times. I mean, that would be 
unreal. I think I think at that point we're talking about an early dynasty within the first few years within the big three in the history of the league. Like looking back on this, like 50 years later, we'll think, wow, Troji truly was a dynasty to kick things off within the big three. A couple other moves that have been made that I think are well warranted and going to be big, big changes uh, in terms of what this, what to expect in season five. Greg Oden won't be back for aliens. He also got uh, a coaching job, except within the college ranks at Butler. So he will be coaching and won't be playing in the big three next year. That's going to be interesting to see aliens without Greg, Greg Oden. He's been with that team since he's been drafted there, you know, got moved up to captain last year. It uh, feels like the, like one of the faces of aliens is, is Greg Oden. So best of luck to him on his, you know, his next endeavor and, and his next career path, but really going to miss seeing Greg Oden play. It's been, it's been nice to see like Oden, you know, because obviously he had, there's a storied past with his injuries within the NBA after being a great college player, being the number one pick, people call him a bust, whatever the case might be, but just to have the opportunity to showcase what he, you know, what kind of player he still is and be able to do it at a high level on a professional level within the big three and really be a big impact player, dominate, go in the first round, be promoted to captain, like truly a uh, great resume within the big three. And just want to say thank you to Greg Oden. Uh, Going to miss watching him play as well. In his replacement, as his replacement, the new captain of aliens will be Dushan Bullet, who was the number three pick with power last year, originally drafted the ball Hawks, but didn't get the chance to play there. And after a stellar season, which also includes him winning a bronze medal at the Olympics. He will now be heading aliens and based off a Twitter space where Jeff K was, was talking, he mentioned that there, Dushan might be adding a couple international players as his co-captain. So interested to see who joins him. But as of right now, aliens is just Dushan bullet. Uh, <laughs> And I'm assuming Rick Mahorn. I don't even want to assume Rick Mahorn because I don't know who the coach could be. That's the thing about the big three. You just you can never assume anything in terms of who's going to return, who's going to be, who was there last year, and like, and who's going to be there the next year. Like, you really can't assume. Like, they will throw some curveballs and some wrenches in the mix whenever whenever a new season is coming around. So I'm not even going to assume right now. Aliens is a team of one with Dushan Bullet. He'll be adding a couple of players as co-captains. We'll see who the coach is. And then obviously we'll see who they get within the draft. So Aliens looking a little different. Tri-State also looking a little different because obviously, well, one, they won't have Earl Clark, which he was already going to be back in the pool. It's going to be hard to grab him again. But they'll have a new co-captain. And that'll be Justin Dentman, who, a guy who went undrafted last year, got picked up late by Tri-State, helped him to a number one seed in five games. Played so well that he was in consideration for fourth man of the year. So incredible season. We thought he was going to be drafted early on, so it's a surprise that he wasn't. But to see him now be a co-captain after, you know, putting on when he got the opportunity is really dope to see. Not sure who will be the other co-captain. Not sure if Nate Robinson will return as captain, which that would be interesting if he didn't. It's really – it'd be really a big surprise, I'll say this, if Larry Sanders was the guy not returning because he was in a lot of promotions early on when the early on in the big three off season. And, and he looked like the guy that was going to be returning. He had a tri-state jersey was rocking that. I guess it could have been like 
you know, he did play last year. So we're, we're promoting guys that have played in the league in the past, but it looks like, you know, between Richard Lewis, Frank Nitty and Larry Sanders being within these advertisements early in the off season, it would just be weird if Larry Sanders wasn't the co-captain returning. So I think he's going to be returning. I think it's going to be come down to is a Robinson returning or is Jason Richardson returning? Guess we'll see from there, but congratulations to Justin Dentman, another guy that's scouting at the combine today. And another guy that got promoted to co-captain is Isaiah Austin. So another guy that was initially in the combine or going to be at the combine today in the draft pool. Guy that probably would have went number one again, in my opinion, but he's going to be a co-captain of enemies next year, which means one of Elijah Stewart, Perry Jones, or Swaggy P. Nick Young, which I think he's still going to be the captain, will not be returning. So I think it's really going to come down to Perry Jones and Elijah Stewart, two guys that are playing overseas and playing phenomenal, by the way, doing really well. I'm pretty sure Elijah Stewart was MVP in the league he's playing in in Romania. But congratulations to Isaiah Austin. I'm really excited to see what kind of team enemies puts together. I feel like every year I'm pretty excited for them. They look like a perennial playoff contender and they have yet to live up to expectations, had a couple of tough seasons. So Isaiah Austin returning, I think, is, is the coolest part. Remember, he said he was going to retire. Um, he only had so many years after Marfan syndrome. But I think the dope thing is, like, the big three has allowed him with an opportunity to continue playing basketball at a professional high level because it's, it's not so many games. It's not five on five up and down the court. It's, you know, it's just a few games out of the summer where he can compete, play at a high level, uh, get buckets, and ultimately – the games matter to where you're trying to go win a championship. So congrats to Isaiah Austin. Excited to see what enemies does this year, uh, especially with you as a co-captain spot. And we'll wait to see who the other captains are and who you guys end up drafting. I'll say this. I'll get into the draft lottery here in a second. But enemies finally didn't get the number one pick after two straight years of this draft lottery setting. So excited to see who enemies will draft. And I'll, I'll let you know in a sec who where enemies stands in terms of the draft lottery. And I think I've mentioned all my promotions. Obviously, uh, I've mentioned everyone who's exited as well. Another guy who's going to be joining the league and uh, some captain capacity. I don't know if he's going to be a captain or a co-captain yet, but it has been confirmed the team he's playing for, which means he will have a cap captain role. That's Gerald Green. Now, Gerald Green, a guy that Q mentioned on his Twitter that he would love to join the league. He had a really great season with the Rio Grande Vipers after joining them. Initially, he was an assistant for the Houston Rockets, joined Rio Grande Vipers, had a really great season. They ended up winning the G League championship this past, this past season. And now he's going to play in the big three. He was at the draft lottery event last night. He, I don't know if he's going to be the captain or the co-captain. I'm a little unsure of what Ben Black is going to look like. Let's be honest. They were Winless last year. They had 11 guys suit up for them. Josh Smith got hurt, unfortunately. Will Bynum was in and out of the lineup. Most Bates was released early on after being a co-captain for two years through the pandemic. I don't really, I, I don't even know if Reggie Theus will be the guy coaching this team next year. I, I'm I'm really unsure of what this is, what what's going to look like. I think there's going to be a big shakeup. I think it starts with Gerald Green, but you know, the first team to Never win a game within the big three, albeit they only played six games. So they can get a chance, usually like other teams, to play eight and try to win one. They had a league high, 11 guys suit up for them with just injuries and different COVID-related issues. It was a, a lot of guys getting an opportunity. It seemed like there wasn't a lot of chemistry. So, I mean, like, 
yes, they went winless, but obviously there was a lot of factors within there having guys in and out of the lineup week in and week out and your captains being hurt, injured or not on the team. So we'll see what Bivlap looks like, but I'm excited for Gerald Green to be joining the league. A lot of people seem to think that he's an early MVP candidate. I could see it. I'm not going to say I don't see it. I still think Michael Beasley is the the guy I would vote for him or him or Joe Johnson. I mean, the guy who's been a two-time MVP and won a championship and been essentially unguardable for the most part outside of like maybe the last few games of last season. I don't know if teams started figuring him out, but yeah, I would probably, you know, I would say it's impossible. I, I would, I would love to see it. I, I'm, you know, I think it's be nice to see a different MVP year in and year out. So We'll see what happens, but the most important part here is that Gerald Green is going to be joining big, the big three, and that's really cool. A couple of other notable names that will be in the draft pool. I guess I don't know if they're going to be exactly in the combine, but it's expected that they're going to be playing in the league this year as long as they get drafted. Corey Brewer is one name, so longtime NBA vet. He's been a coach with the Pelicans, I believe, and he's going to be trying, trying out or in the draft pool. We also got Ty Lawson, a longtime NBA vet. Thought that was an interesting move. He's played in the NBA, obviously had his troubles, went overseas. I think he was still getting buckets. It was just he was still having some issues with everything. So now he gets a chance to join a league that's going to allow him to be himself, uh, maybe just get away from some of the outside noise that's outside noise or like just getting himself into situations that aren't beneficial to his career and have a chance to play in the big three, maybe remind people what kind of player he is and and at least get another opportunity to try out or, or play for an NBA team if that's the ultimate goal for him. So I think that's an interesting name. The other interesting name, and I'm I'm still very unsure of his role or in what capacity he's going to play, but that's Carlos Los Manes. The name isn't as prominent as the other, other two that I've mentioned, but at least if you're stateside, but if you're familiar with the FIBA style three on three basketball overseas, if you watch the, the men's three on three basketball games at the Olympics, this name should sound very familiar. Gold medalist with Latvia at the Olympics and the first ever men's three on three basketball games in 2020. He was the leading scorer at the Olympics with this Latvian team. He's 28 years old. He's one of the best players on that tour. And he's going to be joining the big three now. The reason I say I'm unsure about his role, right? So the big three this year is obviously listing everybody who's in the draft pool. His name is not on there. However, however, the big three has posted that he's going to be playing this year. I've chatted with him a little bit over social media, and he can't tell me exactly what's going on right now, which is pretty fair, but he has been saying that his plan is to play in the big three this summer. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out on the limb here, and I – I hope I get this out before it's announced, but I think he's going to be joining Dushan, right? He's not in the, he's not listed on the website in the draft pool. Jeff Quantnet said that Dushan Bullet was going to have two international players join him. These guys have played against each other and, and know each other pretty well in the FIBA, FIBA league. It makes a lot of sense. That That's a horrible reason, but it just makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm putting... One plus one plus one together to make a three for the big three league. Wow, that was corny. But I do think Carlos Latimanos is going to be a part of Aliens this year, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. He'll be, maybe they just forgot to put him on there and he'll be at the combine and be an early draftee. We'll see. 
So that is all the roster news I have. In terms of the, the teams that have been acquired since the last time we spoke, there's been seven more teams outside of Killer Threes that have been acquired by either a group or a cryptocurrency community or you know a couple of guys that have millions and billions of dollars. Uh, so a couple of guys went at this and said, screw it, I'll do it on my own. And that, but I think most of them, it's it's for their like just crypto communities essentially of acquiring these teams. So we know Killer Threes was obviously the first one acquired by the, uh, the, the gods NFT group. Since then, we've got Aliens who was acquired by Doge or Dogecoin. Ball Hogs that was acquired by the Krause House. Triplets were acquired by Gary B. Enemies by the Board Ape Yacht Club. Tri-State was acquired by a group of three guys, Sonny, Sonny Madra, Vinny Ligum, and Kevin Rose, but their community sponsors will be Moonbirds, which I think is an NFT group. Bivlek was acquired by Snoop Dogg and PayPal co-founder Ken Howery. So Snoop was initially, Ice Cube said he was going to buy some fire tier within a couple of teams. I guess he said, screw it, and said, I'm going to go in on one team. And then most recently, Three's company was acquired by King of Midtown, or as his moniker goes. Uh, and he's actually the owner of the Crypt Gallery. So eight teams now acquired. What's really shocking here, okay, guys, Trilogy has won, and I know that by now some guys have some, some people out there have some fire tier, but Trilogy has won two titles. They had the first ever title. Their only team with two titles weren't a team that was bought with a majority stakes. Towers won a title. Towers like got one of the best cultures, and it's been well known if you're in the big three community about the culture and team that Nancy Lieberman has created, not not been picked up or you know bought their their fire tees fire tiers fully bought out. Ghostballers was what probably one of the most fun teams last year with Mike Taylor, Ricky Davis, Chris Johnson, those guys. Nope, not. Not bought either. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I guess I guess I'm a little shocked by it. And three-headed monsters, who's been the only team to make the playoffs every single year since the league first started. Fire tier owners, not all their fire tiers bought by one big group. So I'm not sure how people made their investments or why they chose which team. I think for the gods, they mentioned that Frank Nitty. Dante Green were compelling players that they felt were going to be best for their community and what they were looking for within the team. So I guess that's fair. You know, Killer Threes has been a very successful team and been there since the beginning. But like three of the four teams I just mentioned there, no, all four teams, those are like four of the originals and have had success. Different, I think there's different strong arguments to make for them to be one of the, the teams that someone would invest the majority stakes within. And they're not. So I guess they're up for grabs by anybody who's trying to get fire tiers uh, at $25,000 within Ethereum. If you have that kind of kind of bag, more power to you. I would, I would definitely nab as many as I could on all those teams. I think they're going to be well worth the investment. I think right now the minting has been paused for like the general public. I think they were trying to make sure like with kind of the market being down and some of the, the technical issues they were having. I think they wanted to make sure this was uh, at a better time for everybody else uh, than being the league. So 
we'll see how that unfolds. Maybe all the fire tier have already been bought, but I'm interested to see if anyone else comes on and tries to get the majority stake before it's too late. Because those, especially Trilogy and Power, like guys, really? In three, I mean, all of them. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Guys, I, I'm, I'm shocked by it. I, I really am. But like, I don't think making an investment in any of those teams is bad. Like, I think everyone who gets at least one team uh, is in a good position, especially with the way the league is going this year. So eight of the 12 teams have been acquired. We've got tons of roster changes. So maybe there's something that they, don't, they know that I don't. The last thing I want to mention here is the draft lottery, which happened last night. If you're new to the big three, I posted this on Twitter. So you should be following if you're unsure of this by, by the time you listen to this. But when it comes to the draft in the big three, each round goes through a lottery, just like, you know, the NBA. It's usually just for the top 14 picks within the big three. It's for every single round. Every team that goes through this lottery and you'll have a different pick at different in different rounds, more than likely. So last night it was announced or Nancy picked. Uh the lucky ball that had the one on it and power for the first time, I think ever in the history of the big three will have the number one overall pick. And she shouted out Katina Mobley and Royce white. So they looks like they're returning, but that's dangerous guys. Like Nancy Lieberman and power have been a really good team. She's been a really good coach. She's really good at just the, like in terms of like the players she's added, like, scouting or like just understands which players would do really well and who to select and who to pick. Like she's been a really good GM alongside Katina Mobley. Obviously he's a cat player captain. So he's like kind of the general manager, but she's been a really good, done a really good job, like scouting and bringing in the right people to fit this culture of power in order for them to be successful since she's joined the league year two. I mean, obviously she won the championship in year two, her first year, year three, they had a ton of injuries and somehow she knew who to bring in that would fit the culture, fit the mold for them to take them to the playoffs last year. Last year also suffered a ton of injuries and had some guys in and out of the lineups, but again, brought the right guys in to make them competitive till the very end. Now she has the number one pick. Uh, I'm stoked to see who they go with. And I'm just going to let you know, power is always a contender. So if you're trying to make a bet of who's going to win the big three championship, Depending on who power takes, honestly, I would probably, I would probably put a little money on that because power with the number one pick is, is pretty scary. They're going to get the best player within this, this combine, within this draft pool. I mean, I guess the best player in their eyes. And they will also have another co-captain spot to fill. So who knows? Could be someone from the combine, maybe. Maybe people haven't made the decision. Maybe that's why they haven't heard it yet. I don't know. So power has the number one overall pick. Aliens will have number two. So a little interesting there. Ghostballers with three. Ballhawks with four. Three's company will round out the top five. So teams that typically don't have higher picks, I feel like, outside of Ballhawks, who the first couple of years, because they were so bad, did have top picks. But out, the other teams, not used to seeing them pick so high. So excited to see who they, they grab. Triplets will be at six. Tri-State at seven. Bivouac at eight. Tough go for Big Lab. I'm interested to see who their co-captains will be, but or captains in general. Just know Gerald Green, some kind of captain. But it could be a tough go for them at eight. Taylor three is at nine. And then enemies will have the final pick of the first round. 
kind of ironic because they've had the first pick of the first round in the past two drafts. So I'm not going to say it's it's well deserved, but kind of kind of makes sense how the, how the world goes round. In terms of round two, Ballhawks will have the number one pick. Three's company will have the number two pick. So Ballhawks and Three's company looking pretty nice, as well as Aliens. So Enemies has the third pick of the second round. So they'll have actually not a spot, bad spot to be in. They kind of have like back-to-back picks if you're doing kind of a snake draft. Um, or not back-to-back picks, but pretty close to it. Aliens will have the number four pick of the second round. So the number two pick of the first round, number four pick of the second round. Aliens trying to make some noise. Remember, Aliens, Ball Hogs, Enemies, and Bivlac. None of those teams have ever been to the postseason. So that's always a team I'm keeping an eye on within the draft. So Ball Hogs, Three's Company, Enemies, Aliens, top four picks of the second round. Power, five. Tri-State, six. Triplet, seven. Killer Three's, eight. Bivlac nine. So Killer Threes and Bivlac have eight and nine, and they just flip flop um, in round one. <laughs> Interesting. Trilogy with their only pick at 10, Ghostballers with the 11th pick in the second round, and then Three Headed Monsters will have their one and only pick to round out the entire draft. So remember, Trilogy and Three Headed Monsters. Trilogy typically, typically the championship team has, has runs it back with the same team, but we also don't see changes at the top right away after one good season from the captain. But essentially, the championship team and the runner-up team have the, op- the option to return with their guys that aren't captains or co-captains back to the draft pool. So they both return one player, kept Isaiah Briscoe for a trilogy. Three out of Monsters kept Kevin Murphy, obviously being co-rookie of the year. So that's why they both will only have one pick, and that's why their picks come in the second round. In terms of why... In terms of 10 and 12, that's just kind of coincidental. Because I guess they just got unlucky within the, the draft lottery there. Okay, I think that is everything that has gone on within from now and the past episode. There's been a lot, a lot still to come. So make sure you're following on all platforms. And hey, this episode's not done. We appreciate everyone who's tuned in up to this point. This episode's not done. I've updated you on all the news that's gone on try to explain anything that might've been missing from just some of the the posts out there and some of the news that's been made public, but the episode's not done. We have a a very awesome interview with Three's Company's new captain, Mario Chalmers. It's been a long time in the coming and the making, but it really excited that we had the opportunity to chat with them, especially a few days after he it was announced that he was actually captain. So appreciate everyone who's tuned in. Thank you to all the listeners on, on your preferred podcast platform, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, or the other, other ones out there. Appreciate you if you're listening on YouTube, as well as if you're a listener on Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel on Saturday and or Monday. And now let's get to our interview with Mario Chalmers. On today's show, we're extremely fortunate to have on two-time NBA champ and newly appointed captain for Three's Company, Mario Chalmers. Appreciate you coming on. Like I said, this is a long time in the making. Like super, super excited to chat with you and an exciting season coming up. Uh, definitely, man. Thanks for having me on here. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, so like I said, a long time coming. I've actually been uh, first time I think we spoke with maybe last year, but obviously had a lot going on throughout this past season. 
uh, getting more opportunities or another opportunity back in the NBA and stuff. But during the midst of all that, um, I wanted to ask you kind of about your alumni and the Kansas Jayhawks because it's pretty cool, one, to see, obviously, that they won. Obviously, that's the biggest thing, right, is that they won. But it's cool, too, because, like, a lot of times when I look at teams in the big three and players in the big three, it's I see a lot of guys that played together in college and get to get back together in college. Uh, you getting the chance to do that um, this next year, as you've added uh, Brandon as one of your co-captains, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I just wanted to ask you just about, like, Kansas being champions again is the first time winning. Uh, you know, since you were with the team and you beat Memphis, you had the big shot that sent you into overtime. But uh, just wanted to ask you, like, do you feel like – are you surprised that this Kansas team did it or were you you feel like Kansas was due after all these good years that they had? Um, I felt like they was due just uh, all the good years and, you know, being cut short of COVID. So, you know, Coach Elf had those boys working, uh, you know, had them believing and had them ready to go. So, you know, when, when the time came to put everything together and get those six wins for the – NCAA championship, you know, they was able to do that. Man, yeah, it just felt like it, they were definitely do that. A lot of good teams, like you said. And what's crazy is, like I mentioned, you still play in the same league with, like, B-Rush and, and uh, Darnell, guys you won the championship with and you're playing with them here in 2022. Uh, I don't know if this is the case for your team anymore as you got captains ready to go, but one player I've always thought that would be perfect for the big three was uh, Darrell Arthur. Any chance we ever see Darrell play in the big three? Um. <laughs> not I mean, sure if y'all are still connected or whatever but yeah we're still connected okay uh, um what's funny is he actually did sign up to play this year um and so uh with everything he got going on you know being with the nuggets organization and stuff like that so uh we'll see if he shows up to the to the combine uh in vegas this weekend to see if, he, if he's gonna play uh i've been talking to him a couple times um so we'll see what happens Oh, okay. Okay, well, inside that'd be that'd be exciting to uh, get the guys back together. Okay, uh, obviously everyone knows you have a very successful story career within the NBA, but um, obviously you've had a lot of success here in the Big Three. You're now a new appointed captain, filling some big shoes for Slim, who uh, obviously has been the captain and been part of this team since the inception. But I kind of want to walk back through your journey getting up to this point in the big three, because I think it's it's pretty, pretty neat how you got here in the first place. So I'm going to take it back to 2019 for you. You just wrapped up playing uh, with the Grizzlies for a few years, decided to go overseas in 2019. Um, that same year, you were also drafted in your first year of the big three in the third round. I don't think, I don't think you attended the combine, but you were the draft in the third round while you were playing overseas. I guess I want to start with this question. What, what was your decision to – like, what was the decision process for you to go over there and play overseas, um, you know, after playing with the Grizzlies? Um, you know, when I, that last year with the Grizzlies, I was basically coming back from the Achilles tear that I had. So, um, you know, whatever happened with that situation, which I don't know, um, I, I wasn't offered, you know, another contract by the NBA or another team. So, uh, me, I wanted to keep playing. So, my next best option was to go overseas. And, you know, they offered me a good amount of money. And, um you know, they would take you over there and experience a different lifestyle. Yeah. And I guess for you, like, obviously you're playing overseas, you're having a lot of success, uh, play, you know, over there on the court, uh, things are going well. How did, how did you get hear about the opportunity about the big three and ultimately what made you want to want to come back and play stateside? Um, the main thing was just being able to play in front of my kids, you know, being on playing overseas during the majority of the time, I always have my kids in the summertime. And, um, 
you know, it was just something for us to do, uh, something for them to travel with me and come see me play. So uh, when Rashard Lewis reached out to me, asked me, you know, was I interested? It was kind of like, yeah, I, I kind of, like, I'll see what happens. Like, I'm not against it. So um, then, like you said, getting drafted, I didn't even know about the draft or anything. About it. I just heard <laughs> that on Twitter and my phone waking up that next day and I seen everybody's text messages and calls. And I was just like, oh, um, something new, something fun, something up and coming. Um, you know, be part of a league that's, you know, on the rise, um, doing something good for – you know, the players that don't necessarily get the second chance to necessarily get back in the league or, you know, get to where they want to be. It's a, it's a chance to stay in shape and, you know, still be seen and still make a little money in the summertime. No doubt. Okay, that makes a lot of sense why you were drafted in the third round by three-headed <laughs> monsters for Sharks team. I thought people were, like, doubting you. I, I didn't know what the case was into you at the combine, you know, but that makes more sense. Rashard had you in his back pocket, like, just waiting until his last day. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, shocked, too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm honestly, I was honestly more shocked because, like you said, you were playing really well with the Grizzlies. You had the Achilles tear, but you were pro- playing really well. I was, I was kind of surprised throughout that whole draft. Like that's the only three round draft they've had in the big three of like where some people went. Like Jay Ridge went the second round. I think Brandon went the second round. Like I was kind of shocked, but you know, I think people were sometimes like. It's kind of like the shiny new toy. They see people at the combine playing, and they're like, oh, okay, well, they look really good, and you forget about everything else that's going on right. or, like, people's people's uh, playing careers. But I got to ask you, too, like, go, uh, going back to the Achilles tear, you know, you're playing over – you having to go overseas and play. Uh, originally, I was going to ask you because you were drafted in the third round, but you go overseas to play. You know, you, you're kind of recently returned from a torn Achilles. Where were you kind of at mentally, you know, coming into your first year of the big three after uh, – Everything with everything going on. Um, mentally, I was just ready to keep playing. Um, you know, that first year being in uh, the first year of the Big Threes when COVID hit, my season got cut short in Greece when I was in Greece mm-hmm. that year. So, um, you know, I was home early. I think I was home in March. Uh, you know, usually we go all the way to June, May or June. So, being home in March, just sitting there, nothing to do. Um, my mindset was just going there, having fun. Um, didn't know what the league was really going to be about. Um, didn't know what to expect. So, you know, being a newcomer, being a rookie going in there, uh, I just wanted to learn the ropes and have fun. And I had two two great teachers that was with me, not teachers, but, you know, guys that's been there before, Rashad and Reggie Evans. So um, it was just a lot of fun to be with the three-head monsters that first year. 100%. Okay, so – you didn't know you didn't know about the draft. You get drafted. Obviously, you're coming back from overseas, so I think there's a little bit of adjustment when it comes to like a, um, just getting back used to the time and like you know just getting back in the states and everything. But uh, so it was a little bit of a slow development process. I feel like to actually get you on the court and playing alongside everybody else. But uh, came on really strong in week three back in 2019 when you uh, were playing with three headed monsters. I think it was against Killer Threes. I was. And I think I remember this so vividly because I was actually there in Atlanta when you guys were playing. It was a really close game. And I think you had like 16 points, three rebounds, three assists. And it seemed like a really – like just seemed like a really seamless fit right after that. But the first thing I want to know is like talk to me about GP as a head coach and just like him kind of like getting you implemented uh, and playing a little bit more uh, with the team that's been together for a while. Man, G, uh, GP a funny guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at first, I didn't play the first game because GP wanted to play his little his nephew or whatever, uh, Trey. Mm-hmm, we had, mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a little, 
little weird in the beginning. So it took me a couple of games to really get used to to get my feet wet and get used to how the, the style of play was. But, you know, playing for GP, but, uh, you know, he's a defensive-minded coach when he wants to coach. And, you know, have us having the same, same uproot coming from Miami, um, we had that in common. So we had a lot of, a lot of different things in common that made us jail. So, um, you know, GP is way cooler off the court than he is on the court, I'll say that. <laughs> I can see that for sure. Uh, and you mentioned adjustment period. What were some of the adjustments? I know you were coming to a team that had been together for a year prior. You know, Reggie, Richard, uh, Mahmoud have all been together for a little bit. Was there any adjustments like chemistry wise or more so just like coming from five on five setting? Uh, I was more coming from five on five setting. Um, you know, up and down being in transition, slow the game. Uh, basketball is a lot different when there's no transition. <laughs> so that's the big thing when people come to the big three is that there's no transition game. So everything you got to get, you really got to work for it to have a course situation to show show your talent. And, you know, that's the biggest thing about the big three. That's the fun thing about it. What, are you, what do you think after playing in the league for so long, like going off that, what, are, what do you think are some of the misconceptions that people and maybe even players like coming to the league and don't realize? Um, I know one biggest thing is a lot of people think it's like a retired retire players league, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, of course they went to OGs to, to, to start everything off the Kmart, the AIs, Demar, and all those guys. But, you know, those guys paved the way for us, you know, even in the NBA and people before them. So it's always, it's always a, a, a passing of the torch. And I think right now this year is the big, the big passing of the torch for, you know, new captains and new players that keep the league going and, um, show is not a retirement league. People are still getting 10 day contracts, they're getting NBA contracts, they're getting overseas contracts. So, um, you know, use this as, a, as an opportunity to be seen in the summertime and, you know, work on different aspects of your game. Work on being able to play, be able to play in the half court while getting hacked and fouled and not getting, <laughs> just be able to play through it. So, you know, that's one of the major things I see. And then, um, yeah, that'd be the major thing I hear. Everything, everything else is, well, you know, the scheduling and things of everybody getting home from overseas. That's another thing, but... You know, for us to keep the league going and keep it going in a positive direction and just keep competing and showing that, um, you know, this league is a fun league. It's something that, you know, when you're done with the NBA or, you know, you're looking for that that extra way to stay in shape, that extra way to make a couple of dollars in the summertime, a way to be seen by other teams. You know, the big three is that way to do it. Preach. I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, and I think, too, hey, if people are tired of the flagrant twos that we've been seeing in these playoffs like crazy or these flagrant fouls, well, I'll don't see any of that. Yeah. Well, hard fouls coming to big three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, so you spent a year with three headed monsters. You guys make the playoffs. Obviously, doesn't end in a championship. Been a tough go around for three headed monsters in general, but uh, successful. I think a good season nonetheless, especially you getting your feet wet, getting adjusted to the league. Next season, the big three doesn't happen. Then you come back in 2021 with a little bit of surprise being a co captain with three's company. Can you talk, kind of talk to, talk to me about like, how that came about, um, getting the opportunity to be a co-captain. That's the funny thing. I don't know. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm coming back from the gym, and DJ sends me a text. DeMar sends me a text like, yo, hit me. I'm like, okay. Like, I know DJ for <laughs> big three, so I'm thinking I'm thinking of something else. Like, he want to go do something else. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, DJ. He's like, yo, we're promoting you to co-captain on our team. And I was just like... Oh, okay. Like, thank you. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> so I mean, it was it was nothing pre talked about that I knew about. So it was kind of a, a shock to me. Man, so you didn't even like it wasn't like something like you asked about or something like you were envisioning or hoping to do one day. It was just kind of like, I mean, I mentioned you like I should be a co-captain, I should be a captain just because you know the work I've been putting in and the name that I have and all that and what I've done for the game of basketball with the game of basketball. Yeah. So I mentioned that to like the upper, the upper echelon, like the clock yeah. is a cute and joking matter, but you know, for them to uh, really you know take it seriously and think of me like that, you know. I mean, that's, that's great, you know, being in the league three years and getting promoted each year um, shows us I'm doing something right. <laughs> well, the, good, the thing, too, about uh, about Demar is that he's been very well known to recruit very well. I almost feel like it was like a – obviously, I think a lot of, like, praise goes to your hard work and, and what you've given to the game of basketball, your accolades and, and that, too. But I feel like, too, like now thinking of it that way, Demar kind of was like, I'm gonna make sure nobody is able to draft Rio. I'm gonna make sure to lock him up before we actually get there, which is actually a pretty smart move within itself. Uh, but yeah, I mean, kudos to you for being able to to be promoted all three years and uh, just be where you're at right now. I mean, like, be a part of Three's company. I think you're building something there, and like, just speaking on Three's company. Obviously, a challenging season uh, in 2021. There was a lot of injuries, a lot of guys that were filling in for guys that you originally had on the team. Um, so it was tough. And then obviously to being having the season cut short for you guys, uh, after only six games, which was, I'm sure a shock to everybody. But one of the, one of the things that like is a big, what if to me about three companies like you and Pargo, one of the, one of the scarier tandems within the league in general, in your opinion, what do you feel like the ceiling of your team was if everybody was healthy from, from the, the day one team? That's scary. I think we could have been in championship. It's just the way our team was built versus everybody else. You know, we had uh, we had Pargo, who's a ball handler driver, me a ball handler shooter. You had Drew pick and pop. You had Ryan protecting the rim. You had DJ that's a mismatch problem. So we had everything that we needed at those positions, and we had everything we needed in the three on three pickup game. I say that. Yeah, and what like I feel like I. I don't think enough people go back and watch that game you guys had against Killer Threes, but the comeback you made on them, I think, was like an early indication of like, oh, this team's going to go far. So it's a really disappointing to see all that because uh, it's a scary team. <laughs> COVID and injuries, COVID and injuries. Uh, what's even what's even crazier, and maybe like maybe like looking back on it, you don't want to think so much about the championship. Is that like uh, kind of looking at your resume? You've won at every level, right? Like high school, college, NBA, overseas. In the big uh, three championship. Yeah. Now you're just missing that big three championship. Like uh, <laughs> you've already it's started to assemble this like game plan of like a championship level team with three's company. Like what would it, what do you feel like uh, you're going to the combine this weekend? What do you feel like you got to do? Or like who are you looking for to add to your squad? And get three's company back to the to the playoffs for the first time since 2018. I'll say this: no lie, since I became since they announced I was a captain, I probably had maybe 20 phone calls, 20 text messages, people just asking me to pick <laughs> it. I'm telling everybody the same thing. I see y'all at the combine. Like I'm going into this really trying to win, try to put a real team together. Like I have a lot of friends in the in the big three, so I'm not going on friendship because I can't. Mm-hmm. I have to I can't do friendship. I got to do who's ready to play, who's going to help me win, who's going to be the best for our team. And um, 
you know, so going in, I, I think we were talking to the guys, um, you know, because consulting with DJ a lot, you know, going through this process, this is my first time being a captain. So I've been talking to him a lot and just trying to pick his brain and seeing what, um, you know, seeing what he thinks we need. And, you know, I kind of use DJ as, as the Jerry West from the, uh, the show. <laughs> like yeah, the show yeah, yeah. Back. yeah, he my Jerry West. So I run everything. That's a good one. Him and, um, so we're gonna we gonna make some we're gonna make some noise this year. We're gonna look for two bigs or you know a guard and a big. We got we got bees who's a mixed match problem. We got Brandon who's a shooter, you got me who's the ball handler, passer, um, shooter, everything. So um we got everything we need. We just gotta add the right pieces that gonna bring the right mentality and it's gonna be okay with everything we're trying to do. Man, it's scary. It's scary that you have like a consultant and a DJ <laughs> right on your your hip pocket there because like as I said, like dude knows how to draft especially in this league like he everybody that's been on his team i feel like has been a captain or a co-captain or has been really successful playing so uh, i'm excited to see the kind of team you put together uh obviously the big storyline i think is it's not only you being promoted to captain and like brandon switching teams going from aliens and now three's company and you guys playing together but it's obviously uh bees like you said a guy that i've seen you been working out with for a while a while along with like Tyreek Evans and, and John Wall. And uh, I guess like for you, what was, what do you feel like is, uh, what do you feel like was the main factor to get him to uh, come play with you, uh, you know, and, and compete for a championship in the big three? Um, I say this, the main thing I told Bees was just like, after seeing the podcast and hearing, you know, everybody chirping about the little things that he's doing and all that. I just told him it was a chance to to be back in front of everything, you know, to write mm-hmm. your own, um, come back to the basketball world on your terms, or like how you want to. And the big three is a perfect way to do that. You know, you start your summer off, go out there and kill the big three. You don't know what doors might open up from that, but at least you're in front of the basketball world. Everybody see you play, your name rings bells. Like, they're not just seeing workout videos. They're not mm-hmm. just seeing you. They're going to see you live in action. And they're going to see you, you know, be accountable, being there, showing up, running things, you know. Showing, showing that he could be, he could be that leader, that guy, that vet leader that a, a team might need. So that was the main thing that, you know, I stayed in his ear. I stayed in this year probably a whole year telling him like, look, I bet, yeah, I get my own team in the big three. You come, you're going to play, you're going to play. He kept saying like, hey, I, 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 and then when everything happened, I was like, he's <laughs> he like, really? I said, yeah. And he was like, all right, let me sleep on a couple of days and I get back to you. He called me the next morning. I was like, yeah, I'll play. And it was just it was just a wrap from there. Man, that's what's up. And I think I think too, and I know this is a big thing about the league, is like the league really wants you to be able to be yourselves and like express yourself in the way you want to, or like just go about your own man like do you like go about your own manner in the sense of like for him, it's just about playing basketball, right? At the end of the day, like he right. just wants to play, play. He doesn't want everyone in his business. He doesn't need everybody to like just wants the privacy and to be able to play the game. Do you feel like was that like another point of topic when you're when you're talking about the league with him outside of like hey we can really go win this thing if you play <laughs> um not not like not like that it was just more like being sharp being seen being on the forefront like mm-hmm. you go out here we win a big three championship like you on the way like yeah doors will open up so many things can happen for you it's just like the more you hide the less opportunities you have I'm not saying that he's hiding but you know once you kind of fade away from the basketball scene, you kind of just go into your shell. You you kind of different because everybody looks at you as that. Oh, that's Michael Beasley, the former, the former, the former, the former. The, yeah, 
know what I'm saying? So for him, it's it's just the wordplay and being able to to go out there and have fun and enjoy the game of basketball. That's the thing about it. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like with your situation uh, back in 2019. Like you weren't in front of everybody; everyone didn't have eyes on you. So like you end up going third round. You know, like yeah. they would have seen you at the combine. That's probably not the case. So like I, I think it's just you know everyone's about recency bias, right? Being able to like see like what's going about- on right now. Yeah, what can you do for me right now? So that's the main thing I told him. And, you know, I'm just happy that he committed and everything's working out so far. How did you become captain? Do you know how you became captain of Three's Company? I mean, is this uh, something that um, you were you were pursuing? No, I really wasn't pursuing that. I was happy with the co-captain, like being mm-hmm. with, with DJ. Um, you know, I've known both of those guys for a while, especially Drew for you know, Kansas Connection. Yeah. No, I was content with being a, um, being a, a co-captain. But then um, – how I heard about it, DJ called me. It was like they gonna make some changes this year, and you know he told me that he wasn't gonna be on the team. He wasn't gonna be the captain of the team no more. And then I was, then then I was just curious, mm-hmm. like, okay, gonna be the captain. And then um, a couple weeks later, they called me. It was like, yo, we gonna promote you to captain. I was like, okay, cool. So um, it's just something that happened, I guess. <laughs> it just keeps happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess Drew. I guess Drew's not playing either, which is pretty crazy because like. You think about 2018, that team that went to the, the. Okay, well, okay, well, man. <laughs> or maybe Drew is playing. I'm just assuming right now. I'm I'm from the outside looking in, so everything is an assumption, right? Like everything. Assumption right now. I'm, I got my captain hat on, my coach hat on, with cool <laughs> in our back pocket. We gonna see what's going on. Ooh, that'd be a nice big to have. I'm picking pop big. Like you know, we've seen what he's. He, I mean, he, he plus he helped his team go to the. The playoffs in 2018, right? Like him, Gray, BD. What's up? At the end of the uh, last year, he was playing big time. He had a couple good games last year. Yeah. Last year. I think the last game of the season, he had like 22, just knocking down every shot. So I had 10 assists just off him. I think one big steal um, lost in the midst of all this is just adding Brandon. Like, to be honest, like I saw the the news about aliens changing, uh, Dushan getting his own t- um, own team, and like adding some international guys. I was like, uh, and I see, and I obviously follow Brandon on Instagram. I'm like, is this dude just about to just play golf, or is he is he done playing? Like, I didn't know if he was just going to go the golfing route. You swiped him uh, from the aliens. You're like, okay, like you know, Adam. What are, what are you most excited about? Just like playing with him again, and just like what he brings to the team. Um, yeah, just having just having him on my team. Um... And that's been my best friend since we was 12 years old. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've always been together. We've always been playing basketball. So, just to be be on the same level, competing, same team, competing against each other. I mean, competing with each other. Um, it'll be fun again, back to our Kansas days. Uh, yeah, it's going to be that's gonna be real fun to watch. And I'm curious to see, like, who you draft. I, I heard something where, like, it might be three people, but I don't know if that's the case. It sounds like it's still going to be. I'm still trying to figure that out, too. So, I guess we'll find everything out. Yeah, you got to – there's a lot of names in that draft pool. I feel like every day they're still adding to it. We got, what, four of the top five picks from last year back in the pool. Got guys that are playing from the three-on-three FIBA league that, you know, played in the Olympics. Got former, like, NBA vets maybe you haven't heard of in, in a long time. I know you mentioned that you're looking for a, a guard and a bit. What's up? The Norris Cole signed up too. I know that that's great. That's another former teammate, but uh, I mean, honestly, like I know you mentioned that a guard and a big 
it's kind of who you're looking for. I know that it's not going to matter on friendship or relationships that you've had in the past. Like the combine is going to be a big indicator of who you choose, but like, I'm sure you're going to go in there. Like you've done a little bit of homework and you have some ideas of who, who you might, you know, I'd be looking at at least from a beginning, like with the, with the keener eyes or anybody that like sticks out that it's like, if the draft goes my way and I'm a top five pick that um, today, and I didn't know anything about the combine that you might like consider drafting, like anybody that sticks out. There's a couple of names that stick out. I just want to see how they look at the combine first. <laughs> if, if, the game, if the game matched the name, then that's going to be, it's going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy that the number one pick is back into the, uh, the pool as well. Um, and I say Austin. So they better hope I don't get the number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, curious too. Like, I know Tyreek has uh, got a chance to get back to the NBA or to the G League, um, you know, amid his, his two year layoff. Was Tyreek anybody that, like, you were also like, hey, you're coming too? Uh, Tyreek, Tyreek, not ready to do three three yet. He still, he still got his eyes open on the, on his NBA return. Uh, you know, going through what he's been through, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's focused on one thing, and I respect that. Uh, you know, yeah, like, we got a nice little brotherhood of us, you know, in Miami. So we all push each other, you know, no matter what our goals is to be ready for the big three or to get ready for the NBA workout. You know, we're gonna get to work in, we're gonna push each other to the max every time. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, I think that's important to have that core group, like you're saying, and uh, you know, gotta respect that too. I, I like I like that the big three is like at least an option now though, rather than just like a like you said at the beginning, misconception of like a retirement league or like older players go to die there. And I think that's the same thing about the G League season. You just wrapped up um, a G League season playing for Sioux Force. Uh, Sioux Force. Yeah, Sioux, I, I was like, something about that doesn't sound right. Uh, but just like, uh, what was uh, what was the season like playing, you know, playing for them? Uh, I know you didn't really get like a an opportunity to play on the court with Miami again, but like just – and. What was what was your NBA G League season like, you know, coming off a big three last year um, for you? I'm not going to lie. I had fun. I had fun in the G League, just being able to play against the young guys and, you know, being able to compete with them. And, um, you know, getting that respect, you know, hearing the young guys call me OG and asking me for, you know, autograph stuff or asking me for pointers on, on different things. So it, it's a good way for me to be able to teach and, and coach without necessarily being a, a coach. And, and well, it's a way for me to compete and still be able to teach and help the young guys and coach. Mm-hmm. And that's the main thing. I'm not necessarily ready to go into coaching yet. You know, I still like competing. I still like getting on the court. And I can still hold my own. So that was the main thing about it. Uh, I just being able to prove that I can still play and showing the young players, like, yeah, you know, us, us old guys back in the day, I might not have got a lot of shots playing with Bron and all the, the big three, but <laughs> I can still do my thing. So it was a lot yeah, of fun yeah. just Hundred percent. I think uh, you know what's crazy is, and like I think too, the big three is a big reflection of like, hey, uh, there's a reason that there's NBA vets are, are so valuable. But like, it's crazy to me, like in the NBA, like there's so many like end of the bench players that are like uh, developmental players sometimes, or like guys that they hope to have rather than like NBA vets. Like you're seeing it with like like Philadelphia, right? Like a team that's uh, doesn't have a lot of depth in their team. Like they they would 
and they have a couple of vets don't get me wrong but like you know how much like value that that would be like in a situation like this right now where they don't have a lot of depth but they have some younger guys that they're like oh we don't know if we can play yet so i think it's crazy to me that like so many nba teams right now decide like we'd rather have a developmental prospect over an nba vet but i think at the the flip side of that is like the G League is now inviting a lot more NBA veterans to come play. Like we obviously saw that this past year um, to like potentially get back into the NBA. Why, why do you feel like uh, in a league where like that, they were also in a situation at one point where it was like, this is where careers go to die. Like NBA and NBA vets were like, in a sense, we're just like, fuck it. Let's just go play down there. Um, you know, if NBA teams aren't necessarily calling our name right at this moment. Um, I think the biggest thing with that is just players get tired of going overseas and actually battling for their money. Um, I know I had to do with that a couple, a couple of my years over there. You not get paid all your money and you know still trying to figure out how to how to eat and spend your spend your own money over there without getting paid. Man, so I think a lot of people got fed up with that. It was just like you know it's a way for me to stay home, be with my family, uh, be able to play in front of. You know the home crowd, even though it's not the pay's not the same, but it's still a chance for me to be home when I'm not. I don't have to worry about anything. So I think that's the biggest thing with you know with the G League coming to, coming to Brown now. Um, I think it's great that they're picking up more vets and more vets are getting interested in G League. I've, I've always said that I feel like each G League team should have at least two or three vets on their mm-hmm. on their team just to help out with you know the everyday lifestyle of. You know what to what it really takes to be an NBA player and what you really go through, um, just different things like that. So it's not all on the coaches, it's not all on them. It's just still a way to to help teach and provide a, a different way. Yeah, no, I, I think that rings true a lot. And and cool thing too is like the big like the big three has actually gotten a lot younger. Um, so I think that it just provides another option. But like within saying that, now playing in both leagues, like the G League and the Big Three. Um, what what are your thoughts on like younger guys like when they're taking maybe they're right out of college or just taking like a different they want to take a different route to try to get to the NBA like what are your thoughts on I know everything's like situational but what are your thoughts on like a player going through like the big three to ultimately try to achieve their dreams of playing in the NBA like do you think the big three is at a point where it's like viable right now for maybe someone that's like 22 or 23 or do you still feel like the G League is is the route like the better option I would say that G League is the better route and option only because um, it's a full court game. You know, in in the in the big three, you're not playing up and down full court. You're not being able to show everything you can do. Like some people might be better athletes than they are scorers or technicians mm-hmm. on the court. Them coming to the big three is not going to help them. You no, know, yeah. it's not going to help them show them their real true set or what value they can bring to a team. So that's the only reason I said the G League would be better. No, that makes sense. I think um, it's such an interesting topic, too, because it's like they don't necessarily get to show off their like athleticism. But at the same time, like you get to like really refine your skills in your game playing in the big three. Um, It's cool, too. A couple more questions and we'll wrap it up. Um, Honestly, probably the last question here. But, you know, you've got a taste of the NBA a little bit this past uh, this past year, uh, playing the G League, playing in the big three. Regardless of where you play, like it seems like you love the game, but is the ultimate goal still to get another shot playing in the NBA? Or what are your, uh, I guess, what are your like ultimate goals as you like head into the the big three this summer? Um, definitely, I do want to get one more year out of the NBA. Um, you know, 
practice them in the ninth year. Uh, it'd be great to go in there and get my tenth year, and you know, be able to go out, walk away um, on my terms or how I want to. And um, yeah, just that. So that'd be the that. Yeah, NBA is still still a goal of mine, but you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Right, like you said, you get to walk on your own terms playing, playing out professional high level in the big three. So I uh, appreciate the time, man. Uh, really looking forward to guess some thoughts from the combine as well as the draft and who you end up going with, especially if you get the number one pick. Best of luck this summer. I hope you get to uh, c- complete like the, 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 all the rings on your hands, you know, after winning a cha- your, your big three championship and uh, yeah, appreciate the time and really looking forward to what you, what you and three's company do this summer. I appreciate it, man. Have a good day. All right, that was our interview with Three's Company's new captain, Mario Chalmers. We appreciate everyone who tuned in to the entirety of the episode and really appreciate Rio for coming on. Busy guy. It was someone that we tried to get on early in the offseason, but we really appreciate him just letting us know first that there was going to be some big news and uh, we'd probably want to wait to have him on the show. Uh, Really appreciate him just, like, getting back to us. You know, he's obviously – got a chance to get back to the NBA and played a, like pretty much a full season within the G league for the Miami heat affiliate. So just really appreciate him being in communication as communication and just being honest with us coming on the show, sharing his big three story and what he hopes to do, you know, this year with Michael Beasley and Brandon rush, you know, along alongside him this year and uh, what kind of team they're forming. Obviously now you have an idea of what kind of guys he might be looking for, but not about friendship it's not about connections it's all about who performed well at the combine who's going to fit this team the best with three's company so excited to see if they can make it back to the playoffs for the first time since 2018 again thank you to everyone who tuned in make sure you're following the show on socials at fourth man pod subscribe hit the notification bell for all your updates on the show at on youtube at youtube.com slash fourth man pod and appreciate everyone who listened on dash radio and the nut but net channel That is everything. We'll be back very soon and make sure you guys are looking out for the live stream dates and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.